Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solis, and with me, as always, is my very, very, very talented friend, my badass Chica, the mixtress DC Gina. Oh, that's so nice. It kind of rhymed, too, Chica Gina. It did. I actually like that. Do you? Yes. Well, I know, I know. I know the reason why you said that. Yes. Yeah. So, well, I, I'm going to take you on a badass chick uh, little journey. Ready to okay, go? go. Do you recognize any of these names? Maggie Bailey, Stella uh, Bullumont, Birdie Bird Brown, Esther Clark. How about Josephine Duty, uh, Edna Gard? You know any of those names? Recognize no, any of those? No. Well, here's the funny thing. They were all female bootleggers. They're some of many, actually. Um, I found there were quite a few of them, and it's really crazy because yeah, Willie Sharp. You would have said that. I would have gotten that one. Oh well, then I should have said that one. You should have said that. Well, maybe I didn't. I just cheated. There you go. I know you're looking at the list. I just cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. I did cheat. <laughs> okay, so it's all right. It's all right that you cheated. So do you know, I mean, we can talk about like women throughout history. We've been kind of you know, dealt the tough hand. You know, at some point. We're seen as property, we're unable to vote, and uh, weren't even allowed to get a full education at some point. But during Prohibition, we kind of turned the tables on that one. Some of us took full advantage of our male counterparts, let's say, short-sightedness, and uh, really took advantage and used our cunning, smarts, our innovative ways to dupe the law and in some ways get ahead. Um, kind of had an advantage over men because that little thing about search, they weren't allowed to touch women. There were state laws against it, so they could hide their booze in certain places um, mm-hmm. and get through, um, get past the law. And uh, apparently it really paid off. In 1925, a woman in Milwaukee, um, she admitted that she had earned 30000 a year in bootlegging, which in today's dollars was like $400,000. Oh um, yeah, and uh, she did get caught and the court fi- did give her a fine of a whopping 200 bucks and she spent a month in jail. And then there's another, um, Another 22-year-old woman, uh, bootlegger in Denver, <laughs> this is funny, she was, um, she was fined, or her sentence was, sentence was to attend church every Sunday for two years. Oh my gosh, <laughs> right? Let's do it. What else can we do thing? it legally? Did you know that President Harding actually, he uh, pardoned a woman in Michigan who was a bootlegger. So even the presidents got into the, got into the mix. So obviously, cause, probably because she was the one who was giving him his booze. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and also the fact that nobody realized they actually passed prohibition. Yeah. I mean, that's just the craziest, that's the dirty secret of prohibition, right? Yep. And then, then they couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. Yeah. It was attached to this one law that they had passed. It was a, like a little add-on. Yep. Anyway. I think they call that pork. Cork? Pork. Oh, pork. When things are added in a bill. Oh, I thought you said pork. I thought you said cork. I'm like, it's cork. It sucks. Drink what you could get at that time. So, uh, speaking of badass chicks, why don't we go ahead and just jump into today's designated drinker? I'm ready. She produces some of the finest Pisco in Peru. She's a CEO of Machu Pisco, Melanie Asher. We've been waiting for you for so long to come on the show. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here with you, Louise, mm. and who I call Mama Gina. Yeah. <laughs> for me, she's like the elevated chica in my world. Yeah, well, like, she definitely is an elevated chica. She has a lot of nicknames. I'm learning them through, as the show goes on. So. I've been uh... a... <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? It's endearing, right? So when you meet people and 
they like you and they give you their version of a name. Yeah. So I keep it, I think, it, it, as endearing. Yeah. Except when they call you a B-I-T-C-H. You know what? <laughs> I earned that too. <laughs> so Louise, I actually loved what you were talking about because this morning I was thinking, it is coming up in the 100th anniversary of women's voting rights yeah. this year. And... Isn't it crazy what to the, think that and, we, and <laughs> most of these suffragettes yeah. were involved in the prohibition and temperance movement? Yeah. So I was thinking, how about those badasses that try to repeal prohibition? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. We should find out who those are. I, thank you for an inspiration for the next no, I mean, script. These, I mean, I'm sure these bootleggers were leading the cause. Well, and, yeah. Uh, or at least supplying a story. <laughs> supplying those who were leading the cause. <laughs> so tell us a little bit how did you get into peace What What? Tell me My that man. journey, other than the fact that we know you like to drink it. I don't blame you. <laughs> hey, it's, it's already noon. Where's my shot? Where's my tasting right now? Um, so this has been a lifelong passion for me. At the age of seven, I put some Pisco in my ice cream and was sold. <laughs> I told my parents, this is what I want to do. This is my life calling. And seven? Seven. Kid you not. That's so, hilarious. Um, I was fortunate to have a grandmother that, when she was also young, would sell pisco at her mom's bodega, her little corner store. Where was this? This was in Lima, Peru. Oh. And what is the drinking age in Lima, Peru? Eight. There was none when I was growing. Up. <laughs> God, that's the was seven. Now, what is it now? What is it now? I think it's like sixteen. Oh. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do that. Let's do that for girls. All right. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes. So she had peace. So she um, inspired me to create something that was very appealing to women because when I started the company 15 years ago, Pisco was very much considered a macho drink only for men oh. in Peru. Oh. And I tell you, some of the stuff that I put down when I was tasting, it was just scorching your throat. And <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I don't know how I can export this. So I decided to become a distiller and learn how to make Pisco. That's amazing. And um, would do taste tests with my grandmother with her in her bathroom and pearls in the morning. So at 10 a.m. we would be uh, sipping what the next perfect blend would be for the creation of uh, Machu Pisco and La Diablada. Wow, that's amazing. Let's cheers to that. What do we have here, so, Jamie? Wait, wait, wait. So oh. Diablada is closest to you. What do you want to start with? Um, yeah, why don't we start uh, the, with that one? The yeah. Diablada? Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. And so what, what is the story behind this? Cheers. Salud. 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 Yummy. Oh, that is really good. That is really lovely. So that is really lovely. This, oh. Louise. Oh, I love that finish. Like, with the, what comes after? It's a wave, right? Yeah. 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 You're right. It's a wave. It's lovely. It's like a flower bomb just yeah. explodes in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a pisco flower. <laughs> you are my pisco flower. Oh, my gosh. I have an idea. Okay. Oh man, I tell you, this um, Pisco is our blend and it's a vintage product. So every year I'm blending the grapes. Mm -hmm. Pisco is made, distilled from a freshly fermented wine. So for those of you listening in, um, this is the grape-based spirit 
born in Peru, 400-year tradition. Mm-hmm. And um, La Diablada is a blend of white and red grapes indigenous oh. to Peru. And what are the grape names? What's the name of the grapes? So we've got two Muscatel varieties, uh, Muscatel of Hamburg, Muscatel of Alexandria, for those grape nerds out there. <laughs> and then we've got the Quebranta grape, which is like the mission grape. It's a red grape that came over from Spain. And um, just adding in some Torontel, which is like the Toronto's grape out of Argentina. So just a lot of blending going on to get a very floral, flowery pisco that you can drink on its own or make gorgeous martini drinks or champagne cocktails with it. Is the year of the martini, so yes. Oh, is it? Yes, it is, 2020, it's, my, it's a thing. It's now going to be a thing. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> Gina, Mama Gina says it's a thing. Oh, you yeah. know it's a, no, thing. it's a thing. If she it's says a it's thing. a thing, no, it's I'm, a thing. I'm saying if you say it, absolutely hey, it's a thing. but what better way? Grape on grape, right? There Vermouth yeah. and a uh, and little uh, Machu Pisco in there. I mean, it's so delicious. So that's interesting. So you were saying that grapes are coming from different parts of the world, or, are they, are, or did the grape originate from those parts of the world? Okay, so that's a wonderful question because grapes are not indigenous to Peru in terms yeah. of native. Yes. But they were brought over from Spain and from Italy. From the monks, right? Because they, right. Couldn't, they need, couldn't drink their wine. They couldn't get it over the hill. Well, you know, they um, brought it over from Spain and from Italy. We've got, like, such a plethora of immigrants into Peru coming yep. from Africa, from Europe, from Asia. And when these grapes settled in Peru, a hybrid was born, which is what we call our indigenous grape. Gotcha. And that is the Quebranta grape. But the other grapes um, were brought originally over from uh, from Europe. So this is beautiful because it's a spirit that it's based on wine. So you can actually smell and taste the grapes uh, when you're drinking. Oh, absolutely. So for those wine lovers, it's great for cocktailing or drinking straight. Do you ever think about making a vermouth to go with your pisco? Okay, so this is wild. there was a wine called Vin Mariani, which was invented in France with coca leaf from Peru and French wine. And this was a precursor to Coca-Cola. And when prohibition happened in America, they basically took away the wine and made it non-alcoholic. So what I did last summer in Peru was I made a wine seeped in coca leaf. Oh my gosh. Fortunately, I can't legally bring it over. So I may have to. Like, Sounds uh, like we're going to Peru. You have to come down to Peru, Mama. Are you high? So here's the thing it doesn't give you any sort um, of psychedelic or any sort of like heart palpitations. But um, what I do find in it is that it gives this incredible bitter um, type quality that the vermouths. Uh, Drink. Or love. Yeah, love. exactly. So oh, I fortify it um, with a Machu Pisco to allow it to get some strength in it. Um, but you can definitely uh, um, do that. It's got a historical background, which is like super. Uh, super that is fun. cool. That's cool that there's like another layer to it. No, I love everything you're saying. Yeah. Let's talk about the coca leaf for a second. Yeah. Is it really true? Is it true that you could chew it and then like, you know, walk all the way to the top of the mountains, like they say. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> when I did the vermouth with the Quebranta grape and the coca leaf, you don't feel an effect. But when I was investigating, like how much coca leaf do I put in, I started chewing some, and my mouth did become numb. Yeah. So coca leaf was given, and by the way, it is to this day legal in Peru because it is part of the cultural heritage yes. of the indigenous population. 
and very much grown in Cusco, in Machu Picchu, and used in cooking, used in teas for the altitude, as you say. Um, but because Peru is very much of a mining economy, um, when mining was industrialized, a lot of the workers were given coca leaves to chew in order to cut their hunger and to give that an extra oomph for wow. the long work hours. Wow. But it needs coca leaf, like 100%, like to cut the hunger, I'm fucking sold. <laughs> and you work like uh, 800 hours a day. I mean, I already do that now, naturally. I just would love to stop eating candy, because I just love fucking candy. Like just sugary candy, not even like chocolate. It's like, you know, all the gross candy. It's like all like the- Nerds. Candy. Oh, yeah, love it. Anything See, sugary. those are perfect to be around because I don't eat them at all. That's not my vice, so I could be around, it wouldn't bother me at Jelly all. Jelly beans, not, no. Mike and Ike's, all the grossest candies. I love them. Yeah. I love them. I think that's a New York thing, because a Long Island thing, because my husband loves that stuff too, and I'm like, it's ugh. ugh. Do I know why? Yeah. Why? Our parents were cheap. Probably. So we went to the movies, Mike and Ike's for like a buck, oh. and the Kid Cats were like fucking five. Yeah. <laughs> so your parents were like, you can have this. Oh, his father was totally cheap. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll have Okay. If I can have candy, I don't care. <laughs> so you're going to give it to me, and I'm allowed to have it and watch this movie? Bring it on. Okay, so I know what I'm bringing you. I'm an extra from Peru. Go. Okay. Coca candy. Ooh. I got a better idea. I think we I've known you how long now? You're coming to Peru. I think it's time <laughs> that I get to go to Peru. Oh, yeah. And cheers so to that. Cheers. Well, I'm on the second one. Yeah, let's We're take on the it. First. I'm, I'm yeah, on the second one. I'm ready too. So let's do the this second one. What favorite. is this? This is my favorite. Oh, this I is... love, I just, I, so I love the Diablada for all that it is for sipping, for like enjoying and like all of that. But I, I love my, I love my, I love my Machu Pisco, but I love it. I've always loved it and I've used it for a long, 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 long time. Well, this is our flagship brand and my ethos of Machu Pisco is doing an extremely high quality product at a very affordable price. And this is our workhorse. It's made 100% naturally. It makes the cleanest cocktails. You taste test this against any other Pisco and hands down it wins. Blind tested, anyhow. It's funny as I, I, I don't know if it's because of the way we started. You started very floral. Yeah. And I was going to ask you why one for cocktails over the other. Is it because it's so floral? It Different, makes ready? makes gives you a, yeah. Okay. Tell me one piece of. So you're saying it's the workhorse. It's very simple to make like the cocktails with this because it actually is all the flavor profiles it's supposed to be. It has that like staunchiness to it, yet it still has a feminine like tone, and it's very versatile. Floralness of this is a different way. You need to use it almost effervescently, right? So you mm. wouldn't, to put this in a Pisco sour would be okay in the, and in, great in and all the things. Grandma's. But right? there's no reason to hide it, right? So doing like the soda drinks, uh, champagne Which cocktails. one are you talking about again? I'm sorry. The, the Diablada. Diablada. Because it's sorry. very floral. Gotcha. It's like it's so, it's in your face. Yep. It's like, it's almost like, I mean, you know, it's not roses for me. It's another, it's another, um, flower for me it's like a, jasmine like jasmine honeysuckle yes. honeysuckle a i get honey fragrant like night mm -hmm. june for me it's june in a bottle now, yeah I'm, i would say I, this would be lovely and warm weather i mean it's lovely anyway but i mean like oh you're right but it smells like simple so where, where we're from where you know i live on the east coast if you're listening to the show i live on the east coast in in um 
United States. And like literally, this smells like summer to me, like in the end, like that like warm June when it's just twilight, you can smell the jasmine because it's just like opened up and there's yeah. a warm breeze of it. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, you, don't, you don't need much to uh, add to it. Little champagne, yeah. little vermouth, um, yeah. sherry, ice. nice ice. Ice, yeah. <laughs> just ice. <laughs> ice would be yeah. very nice. Yeah. You know what oh, really, yeah. Primed again. Yeah, no, it would be very lovely. It's just lovely. I, I, I just, it is what it is. I just like to understand, like when, especially when Gina is like talking about certain spirits, I like to know why. Like, it, like if I, because you know, if I'm at home making, especially for our listeners, trying to make it, standing in an aisle of, of liquor of spirits when you don't have this breadth of knowledge or a friend that I can text and go, Gina, what do I get? Um, it can be intimidating. So as a listener, getting to understand, like why, why this gin, not that gin, why this piece go not that why this bottle not that bottle I think is really important it helps us make better choices and then we enjoy our cocktails more more we know the well, more some you of know. the things that I love doing is in store liquor tastings because I get that interaction with yeah. customers that have never heard of Pisco before and I'm tasting both Machu Pisco and La Diablada and what's the easiest way for them to get it in terms of Machu Pisco is made from one grape yep which is a sturdy grape similar to a Cabernet Sauvignon grape so that's just why you're tasting that full-bodied mm-hmm. which is wonderful for cocktails and La Diablada is a blend of red and white grapes with a muscatel grape a little bit softer so I'd like to explain it more in wine terms where people can actually get get it yeah yeah that's the whole point of the show that's why you're perfect for it. <laughs> it's literally delicious. I Cheers. love it. Cheers. Um, I also love the fact that we've been... Gina, I'm sorry, I drank, I drank both of mine already. Hold on. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been saving myself for this. So there's a tradition. There's a little um, trick my grandmother would do in yeah. order to drink more because it was looked very unladylike to be the first one with an empty glass. So she would continuously throughout meals and cocktail parties keep saying cheers as a celebration, so that would be an excuse for her to keep drinking. (laughs) (laughs) That's so smart. Yeah. What is, you know, that culture of like the cocktail party, right? Like, where is that gone? I know. Yeah. Why don't you have friends over anymore for cocktails? What I find very amazing is that my um, aunt and uncle live in uh, Florida, and they're in Naples, right? They have cocktail hour every single day with their friends at five o'clock. I have a friend, and my friends Rhonda and Brooke do um, cocktail hour to get, and they're, um, oh yeah, they're married now. Um, they, they have cocktail, just the two of them, every day. And the dog gets a treat. The dog knows when it's happy hour to cocktail hour, too, because she gets, she gets a little treat, too. I mean, we need to really understand why that's gone somewhere else. Like, you know, the work day, how busy. long does a work day have to be? I feel like I go to work now with, like, literally some mornings at 4.30 in the morning, right? And, yeah. like, I don't stop working until, like, sometimes... You know, I take a break to like bathe my children, put them to bed, and then start working again. Like, what? There's got to be some enjoyment in in 2020. I feel like if you're listening to this, like, we're let's get some enjoyment in this year. Like, like let's just let's bring back cocktail hour. Yeah, and you know what? That should be a work like, thing. I mean, I, I think it really speaks to like moderation too, right? Because if it's something that you're doing on a leisurely level every afternoon, yeah. you're not going to abuse it, right? You're not going to be getting sloshed on like your cocktail hour every day. So yeah. it's something uh, to just like take the edge off uh, when you get back from a long day. Just to relax. So it was um, back when I, in my advertising days, um, it was really big. Actually, at the end of the day, I had a drawer full of liquor. 
and I had a little mini fridge and I always had mixers and I always had glassware. I, of course, always had glassware because I mean, come on. And so we would do, I would always have like, in, in certain agencies I'd work at, you'd have the drink cart come around every Friday maybe and bring you cocktails and it went away slowly, it chipped away. And then it got to the point where the last agency I was at, they started to frown upon the fact that we would have the, the creative department always had liquor in it, always had beer or wine or something. And it wasn't everyone getting sloshed to your point, but you know, we're having these kids stay there till two in the morning to push some shit out because somebody didn't place the buy in time or something, you know, like, you know, like order pizza and some cheap pizza, give them a good something, glass of wine, you know, or like a cocktail or I just, I don't know, to your point in moderation. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Damn it. That's my 2020. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can I like, do a little like chip in commercial break? Yeah. Okay. The Machu Pisco challenge. Oh no. Have spoken to you, ladies. About yes. This. Go. No hangover from Machu Pisco. So if you're gonna do this cocktail hour, give it a try. Don't mix it with anything else, and get back to me. Nothing. Straight. Nothing. Shot for shot. Nothing. Water. No. Water no. is okay. No other alcohol. No other oh, mix. Only. Only, I got it. Yeah. But is it... The Pepsi challenge, the Machu Pisco challenge? It's smart. Yeah? Yeah. If I lose you, like... It's a good way to kill a bottle. I was like, how many bottles she sells in the challenge? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Wait, good way to... That's like, that's a little bit of my my plug, but I tell you, ladies, all clean. Did you try it with vermouth, though, to make the the Machu Pisco martinis? No, because I don't want to... um, You're only relying on a single spot. I'm relying on what I produce, so I hand make the stuff, so I know what goes into it, and I can't um, vouch for everybody else. So four cocktails, right? For two people, split a bottle, four cocktails each. That's a lot. That's a, that's a, that's a hefty cocktail. <laughs> I, was say, I was thinking about that. How many cocktails do you drink wine works. Of cocktail? Hold on. So two ounces is a cocktail. Right. What's the proof on this? 40% alcohol, 80 proof. Okay. So a glass of wine is six ounces. You're saying, and it's the same size bottle. So you're telling us to drink six ounces, 12 ounces. <laughs> Hold on. I'm yeah, into yeah, this. No, it. no, listen, I'll do it. <laughs> 12 <laughs> ounces, no hangover. Right. Now the next thing is, do you pick me up and drive me around after that? Because I want to know what happens next. Hey, I think we get to do it. I'm going to have another baby if I drink that every night. Are you oh, kidding? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, Neil, be like, oh, what is happening? I'm like, I'm on the Buzzard Peace Challenge. And then I'll be on the dry nine months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are such fun months. <laughs> I know I'm so pleasant when I'm pregnant. I'm like, I can't have any drinks. <laughs> So well, you make beautiful babies. Oh, so cheers they to are. I do make good a, little guinea babies. You call yes, them, right? Little guinea babies. <laughs> yes, which would be perfect in Peru. They would fit right in. Oh, yeah, they would fit right in with the Italians and everything. Yes, they would fit in. That's funny. So tell me, and we talked about this briefly, and you're and rightfully so very proud about this. Tell us about how you. What makes your piece go different? I mean, the the the, the, the lengths that you go to make sure that happens. Uh, one of the main thing that distinguishes us is the fact that all the grapes that are going into Machu Pisco and La Diablada are tested. So we've built a network of farmers that aren't using pesticides, aren't using herbicides, aren't using fungicides, no toxic chemicals. And, you know, as you say, it's um, 
taste is a truth teller. You know, you taste something clean. And at the end of the day, you know, we're working with people that care about their land and about their health. Yeah. And they live on these farms and we're committed to that, um, to just providing you the highest quality product. So and the farmers uh, you work with, you actually let them know you're going to test this product and you yeah. send it off. And so the background of this is that Peru has been farming grapes for 400 years now. It's been done naturally for all of eternity, as far as uh, we know. The grape, yeah. Right? And then five years ago, what happened is these chemical companies came down and basically told them that if they didn't spray, they'd have no yield yeah. and uh, they would have to basically sell their, their grapes for cheap. So what we've done is encourage them to keep on the path that they started on. We will compensate, we'll pay fair wages for their grapes. And, um, and trying to encourage them. And obviously, there's always that fear that if I don't spray, I'm not gonna have any grapes. Yeah. Um, and it's something that uh, we're working hard to, to keep a good group. And every year we get more and more farmers wanting to work with us um, because you know, the majority sadly is spraying their grapes and that funkiness comes through. You can't just dispel those chemicals in a still. It comes through. It all starts on the field for whatever spirit you're talking about. Yeah. So actually, when I mix um, Machu Pisco with any mixer, I'm looking to always the mixer be, and I hate using the word organic. I feel like it's just, just overused, clean. right? Yeah. Clean, all natural, that there's purpose behind, and you know the producer, you know the grower. And part of being a craft distiller and part of this movement of craft spirits is that you actually give a <laughs> where your product's coming from. It's not about buying the cheapest raw material or outsourcing to somebody or delegating your production. It's about you being there and getting to know who the growers are, who the farmers are, so you can be proud and stand behind um, what you're selling. I think that's, that's so important. It's crazy important. Like, it's... <laughs> Everything that's happening in our environment, like all, like all of it, like everything, like you're like, why is it so many people have cancer now? Why, you know, why? I remember as a kid, a hundred percent. You know, do I think that we should wear sunscreen? Yes, I didn't wear sunscreen, right? But I never remember my parents ever putting bug spray on us, like ever, 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 right? And. You know, people are like, oh, well, you have all these crazy mosquitoes and all these things. And I agree that there are crazy mosquitoes, right? So I made a natural, like, bug spray for my kids out of witch hazel and whatever, right? But I think, you know, it was the chemical companies telling you you need to spray all of this so they can make money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Completely, yeah. yeah. It was never to protect us. No. It was never for, like, this better life. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, like... Big effing deal. Back in 1976, when I was a kid, you got a baby, whatever. You you got a mosquito bite. You didn't die. Right. So what did you do by spraying all these mosquitoes, right? So you have to, like, for me, I think about all of the time that existed prior to the 70s, right? No spraying you with chemicals to get all of these, you know, mosquitoes and everything under control. And also, there was no mosquito that could kill you overnight. So spraying them, spraying for them has made them into mutants oh, yes. of a different variety. And then like you, grapes, a different variety, spraying all of them is a different thing. You eat it. I don't feed my kids any of that stuff in the grocery store because if you can peel off all this must 
right? Some grapes are musty, but like a, a, literally a red seedless grape shouldn't have a layer of goop on it. And it's, I can't do it. I can't go to the grocery store in good consciousness and just buy my kids this grape. You know what I mean? I don't do it. Yeah. So I, I applaud you for not doing it because it's a cheaper way to do it and you make more money. But it's like, it's like really choosing to say, you know, is it about the money or is it about what I'm going to leave? Because what you're going to leave is a is an amazing product and a, and a cleaner environment. Yeah, and you know, you touched upon that. It's and it doesn't have to be. Is it the money or a, or the quality? You know, and I think I want to dispel that myth that yeah. because it's all natural, it has to be crazy expensive. And that's what our mission is with Machu Pisco that make it extraordinary quality and excellent value. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about you seeing that grape, it's like when you go and buy a tomato and you buy an all-natural organic tomato versus a synthetic, chemically grown tomato, it's just there's no taste to it, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and that's the same thing because it's got... It might be uglier, but it's, it tastes it's so, so much good. better. So uh, I saw that... I, I watched this movie a couple of years ago, and I watched it because it was by this this photographer that I knew, and there was a whole new way of shooting, blah, blah, blah. I watched it for the other reasons, but it was about this family who moved from New York City, had two small children, the couple had done very well on Wall Street, and they'd take their children to go live in Pennsylvania because they wanted them to live a different life, learn something more than what New York City was going to teach them. (laughs) So they move out to Pennsylvania, and and they start, they join this communal farm and so the kids are learning farming like you know you put this seed in the ground it grows you eat this fruit and it was like it was the whole thing but again i watch it for the way it was being filmed but he said something in this movie that i it has stuck with me and i don't know how many times i've repeated it and it was because it was all about natural farming it was if a bug doesn't eat it why would you bravo and it was like such a brilliant little statement that i was like i have always that that was a moment that just turned a light on for me where I was like, yeah, you're right. Shit. You know I mean? It's not like I didn't, some of it I'm like, ah, just mumbo jumbo, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, no, wait, that simple statement just brought it home for me. Well, that's kind of like what Gina was saying. Like it may be uglier, yeah, but you know, it tastes better. It's healthier. Do you know there's a, a business just for ugly fruit? Yeah. And it was because it's organic, because it's not pretty. They can't sell at the grocery store, but you can buy all ugly fruit. And it's not that it's rotten. It's just not pristine in, from a visual standpoint. Well, I put a premium on ugly. So <laughs> here's, here's my thing. When I go to vineyards to inspect the farms and talk to the growers, because we're always, the business is growing, so we're interviewing new growers. When I go to a farm and I see like tons of weeds and like eaten grapes and it's an ugly vineyard, I'm like, I want this grape. If it's oh. like Disneyland vineyard where everything's so pristine. Yeah. And by the way, these pristine vineyards, you see no birds around. Oh, right? Cause the interesting. Animal, like you said, yeah. animals are wise. They know better. And oh. they know what to eat and not to eat. We're going to take a break. Ooh. So okay. Gina shakes. I'm going to shake a minute for a second. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm like, I have to shake it now. I'm a little intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. Making a video? No, again, again. I'm you did so, it? I'm such a loser. You ready? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One, two, three, let's go. 
drink chili all water. <laughs> okay. I love it. Oh my god, that is the best boomerang ever. Let me see it. <laughs> Oof. Fun. Oh my god, that is awesome. All right, you can definitely go back to your conversation because this drink is gonna take a hot second. Okay. But I'll tell you what's in it. Okay, tell us what's okay. in this cocktail. So I am, it is two ounces of matcha pisco, and then it is a quarter ounce of fresh ginger juice, and then it is one ounce of pineapple, and then there was one other thing I put in there. Oh, a pinch <laughs> of turmeric. <laughs> and one ounce of, um, nope, half an ounce of pineapple syrup. Show. For sure, right? Now. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> don't worry, you're gonna go to drinker.show. Where's that, Gina? Designateddrinker.show. I am done. And all this is why I don't drink on the show. And the recipe will be there, the step by step, and each ingredient. Don't worry. This is for you. Here we go. I was a good, I was a good girl all day. <laughs> and now, disaster. Here it comes. See, that's why I said I'm like, it so, might be. What? So when we are having fun, we say we let our braids loose. Our braids? Um, yeah, because you know, normally in Peru we wear braids yeah. and then like when so you're how having do you, a how couple do you say drinks, that in Spanish? Soltar las trenzas. Once you've had a couple drinks and you've relaxed, you've been a good girl this morning and now we're starting to drink, you let those braids loose. So That's basically awesome. we're going to call this cocktail unbraided. Unbraided. Done. Done, you got it. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. She's such a branding whore. I love it. <laughs> we'll make a note of that and be like, this is unbraided for sure. Jeez. <clears throat> so what glass are you using there, Gina? All right, sorry, we put this in. This isn't actually um, an up glass, and it's not a martini glass. It's kind of like a hybrid in between a coupe and a martini, and it's really pretty, and it's just called an up glass. It's really pretty. I know. It's a little different. But you can use any, really, honestly, anything, because you're just going to double strain this cocktail. Oh, I forgot to mention it has an egg white in it. Really terrible. When I Again, said don't it. worry. You're going to head over to designateddrinker.show, and all of Gina's how-tos are going to be there. <laughs> this is Melanie's fault. Okay, so what is this? It's all uh, your fault, Melanie, just so you know. Hey. <laughs> you are... Badass troublemaker. <laughs> yeah, you guys talk and I'm finished. I'll talk and Actually, finish. one of the fun things is so there's a story when we were in New Orleans together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and we were in a bar, and here's Melanie pouring her matcha pisco just at the bar, just at the bar, just to her own bottle. <laughs> we're in, and we were sharing with the old folks from New Orleans. They were, they were not people in our party, remember? They were just yeah. the old folks sitting there. <laughs> she was getting the old folks all liquored up. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't own a purse that's not big enough to carry bottles. There you go. Of matcha pisco in it. So we won't talk about your bag, but oh, okay. yeah. yes, yes, thank you, thank you. But I, how did you come up with turmeric in the cocktail? That's turmeric. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I just picked it up and put it in there. Uh, no, honestly, turmeric, pineapple, all of the flavors. I just made a. Um, mess so we're gonna do what i want it's kind of like a ginger root right the turmeric i mean it is it's in the same family it is, it is a root and then i'm sorry i'm cutting i'm trying not to cut my fingers so i just want to make this drink really pretty um so we're putting basically a little eyelash on a, on a little oh it's so cute okay. one, one of you won't have that that's okay that'll be me yeah it's pretty because one will go for there we go. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Aha. Uh -huh. 
Yes. And just some pretty little edible so flowers. That's another, so actually, um, there is another cocktail other than the Pisco Sour. Yes, that's many. very famous, yes. the Chilcano, which has a ginger base to it. And oh, that's interesting. That's a national pride. It's like our mule. Yeah. Oh, interesting. have on the show before. I think so. So, so this is a little bit like a mule sour hybrid in between. I think it's a flip. It does have an egg white in it. Oh, okay. I forgot. Egg yolk um, or egg white? Egg white-ish. Okay, so this cocktail will be on the designated drinker, drinker show, show actually at the, webs- at the website. And we'll also just make sure there's a live link to uh, oh Machu Pisco so our listeners can learn a little bit more about you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I download it. Uh, it's on my podcast. And uh, if you get a chance, listeners, yeah. review us. Uh, exactly. You were right. I love that you said that. Yes, please. We should do a better job. Review our show. <laughs> yeah, cheers. review us for sure. It's, it's hard to cheers, cheers with cheers, the microphone. I tried cheers. to do a little green dust. It didn't work out. Pretty. Beautiful. Um, so. Oh, Gina, that is so it's good. Gorgeous. That is so is it, good. Is it trouble? It's trouble. Oh, I love the um, the spice in that. It's pineapple. Oh, but it's the finish. And that little turmeric. Mm-hmm. That's I like the turmeric finish. That's so good. Yeah. A little ginger, yeah. Yeah, the ginger, pineapple, turmeric. Clearly, don't remember anything. Okay, let me, get in there. Yeah. let me get in. Melanie's over there doing her Instagram and oh, her drink. Hey, it's brunch time, right? No, it's I'm like... taking the Pisco challenge. I'm doing it by myself. Let's try it today. I'm on the Pisco challenge. Oh, we're spilling already. <laughs> Wires getting crossed here. Um, hey, we started it already, right? I'm the oh, last show. Go, Let's continue are. on. You're the mar- that's called the martini, just so you know. Mm. The last shot of any any production is called the martini. This is the martini? Yeah, your martini is always the last shot. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, most things aren't filmed in order. And so when you've got to, because you don't know if it's start and finish, like a movie, it could be any way they're, they're filmed just... However, what is the most efficient way? Somebody like Janice, who's better at production, who'll make sure it's all shot and followed through. And yeah, so your last shot of the day is called the martini shot. Ooh, this My is God. perfect. This I is our cocktail to, hour. I right? needed to know this, like in life. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to be able to share some wisdom with you. Usually it's you educating me. I'm going to think instead of saying it's the money shot, it's the martini shot. And everyone be like, what? What was that? Yeah. Do you, do you, use, the mar- do you use the money shot when you like? Film stuff. That's another kind of production altogether that I have never been on. <laughs> so you're safe to say that fluffing is not in the repertoire here in the show. Yeah, I do not have. Um, I I've never had one of those on my sh- on my sh- on my sets. Now. Okay. Nope. Okay. Nope. I do think I'm going to do very well at this challenge, Melanie. I'm drinking Pisco. Melanie's here. I'm all kinds of smiles. I know. I'm usually not this chest iron cat this early in the day, but maybe <laughs> I am now. Okay, um, I have a suggestion. After this, we head over to New Buffalo and Bergen. Get oh. some caviar. Get some latkes. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. I love that. Continue it's on. Good uh, you're good. You're good. I forget that you own a restaurant. Oh, <laughs> so we should, um, one, before we go, we have two things we got to do. A little housekeeping. First, let's make sure everyone knows where we are today. Okay. So, are. Melanie, do you know what market we're in? We're at La Cosecha oh. in Union Market. Kind of yes. I what you said. I know. I, I say it, it, sounds like, it sounds like a Morocco, like, broke in my mouth. <laughs> 
So, yes, and it's uh, new in the Union Market area. It's their second, it's a Latin market. It's beautiful. It's so pretty in here. Um, we drink here. Yeah. Serenata. Yes, yes, and we're in the So, new we've touched pot. upon um, the martini shot, cocktail hour, and yes. I'd like to also add that in Peru we have something called El Yo Te Estimo, the I love you time. When after we've been drinking, we start like just like congratulating each other, telling each other how much we love each other. And it just like is nonstop love fest. And um, that sounds and, lovely. And that's the like, greatest thing and, ever. Yeah, el yeah. Yotest, then that's when we say, oh, by the way, El Yotestimo has begun. Once you start hearing people like oh, rubbing each other's yeah. backs and saying like, you're the best, you're the best. No, you're the best. That's like <laughs> El Yotestimo, the I love you time. That's that awesome. 100% started here. Yeah. Right now. We're, on that. We're well into that moment right now. Um, okay, so I have a question for you. So in this uh, day and age when you say, you know, you identify with a spirit animal and you're like, I really identify myself with, um, you know, a macaw, a macaw um, bird. You know, like I, just, you know, the colors all represent me. My my question to you is, if you can identify yourself with an ingredient, what would it be and why? Ooh, interesting. Okay, I thought you we were gonna go for the animal thing. I love being like taken off the mark. Um, it's no surprise. It's pisco. And, uh, and actually, you know what? If we want to boil it down, it can be the grape, the almighty natural grape, because there's so many ingredients in this world. But in terms of superfoods, the grape is just like heavenly. I mean, how many civilizations? It's like like eons and eons that civilizations have been like drinking and enjoying wine, bad wine back in the day, but now better <laughs> wines, and now spirits made from wine. Um, so the grape is just like, for me, the holy ingredient. I do, I love that. I am like super all smiles. Well, that's right. right that's salute to that. Salute. Cheers, salute. We have to um, take, now. take this elsewhere. Thank you for coming. Love you, ladies. Thank you so oh. much. Designated drinker. <laughs>